At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Look Ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. It's The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. My thanks to Jessica Benson from the Memphis Grizzlies for joining us, talking about what we can expect from that team in game two on Tuesday. We'll talk more about the NBA playoffs with our senior NBA analyst, Jonathan Von Tobel, who will join me in about 15. Minutes, But the NHL regular season is winding down. And here on Monday, we had some teams help their playoff chances and some teams severely hurt them. One team that helped their playoff chances was the Vancouver Canucks, who defeated the Stars 6-2. Dallas, one of the teams that they are chasing for a wild card spot. So taking a look at the standings right now, and Vancouver in that wild card race is uh, at 86 points. They are five points back of Dallas, who is at 91. Vegas, meanwhile, losing to the Devils 3-2 to as minus 350 favorites on a night where I don't... I, I can't call anything a must-win unless you are eliminated with a loss. However, if you want to make the playoffs... You can't lose games to a terrible team when you are minus 350 favorites. Now Vegas is stuck at 87 points. They're four points back of Dallas. They got lucky that Vancouver beat Dallas or else the Stars would have pulled ahead and I don't know. There are uh, the thing that's not going well for Vegas 
is they have, I believe, five games remaining. And everyone else that is either in front of them or in back of them, and I'm speaking of Vancouver being one point behind them, they only have, I mean, they have six games remaining. So each of these teams has a game at hand here, has one one extra game to play than the Knights do. So at the very best, if Vegas wins out, they got 10 points that they can gain. That's 97 points is the most that they can finish with this season. I don't know if with six games left, Nashville and Dallas both don't eclipse the 97-point mark. And that's just assuming that Vegas wins out and goes 5-0. and if that's the pay, if that's what's going to happen here, and Vegas goes five and zero, if they win the last five games of the year, then all right, now it's a possibility. But that's a lot to ask for for this team to do, and they just have not. They they did not look well. I saw a stat online that since Jack Eichel made his debut, they're thirteen fourteen and two. It's not a good record. Vancouver has won six straight. You want to talk about a team playing for their playoff lives? It's the Vancouver Canucks winning six straight games. They have six games left, Vancouver. Coming up next, they play the Senators in a game that they should win. Then they're at Minnesota. That's going to be a tough game. At Calgary is a tough game, although we don't know what Cal- Calgary might be resting players at that point. Their home against Seattle should be a win versus L.A. Could be a game where L.A. is fighting for a position or or whatnot. And then at Edmonton, same thing. So their final two games are going to be difficult, but they have have at least two more wins on this. At least two more wins. So we'll we'll see. Everyone else, though, it's, it's going to be a battle. In the Eastern Conference, the Capitals are surging. Washington... They are right now one point back of Boston for the first wild card. Why is that important? Well, it's important because the second wild card will have to face the Florida Panthers in the first round. No one wants to play the Florida Panthers. Florida Panthers are the best team in the Eastern Conference. And could argue, the best team in the NHL. Panthers are two points back of Colorado for the President's Trophy, and they have still have one, they have one extra game to play to get and match them. They've won 10 straight games, the Florida Panthers. They're going to be going into the playoffs hotter than anybody in the NHL. So, you want to avoid that team at all costs. So I'd be looking to back the Bruins and the Canadians for the rest of this season because both of them are highly motivated to avoid the Florida Panthers. Here's the schedule for Tuesday. Maple Leafs uh, host the Flyers, and Toronto right now is uh, in second place. They're pretty. They're locked in, not locked in, but they're six points ahead 
of Tampa, so um, it's not like a must there. Wild are at the Canadiens. For Minnesota, they are firmly into that 2-3 game, but they're one point back of St. Louis, so they are playing, competing with St. Louis, I should say, for home ice advantage. Tampa is hosting the Red Wings. Get this spread. The Lightning are minus 550. Against the Red Wings. Rangers host the Jets. The Rangers uh, still in contention for the division t- division title. They are two points back of the Hurricanes. And they also have a game to play against Carolina. Rangers are minus 200 against the Jets. Those Florida Panthers who have won 10 straight. They are at the Islanders. They are minus 200. The Bruins are at the Blues. And St. Louis is minus 135. The Flames are at the Predators, Calgary minus 135, Kings at the Ducks, LA minus 160, Canucks host the Senators, they are minus 250, and the Blue Jackets are at the Sharks, San Jose minus 130. So just looking at that schedule and playing on the teams that really need the wins against teams that do not uh, or are out of it already, and and what does it mean? Because we just saw Vegas lose to the New Jersey Devils. But uh, I like the Kings over the Ducks. They're minus 160. Uh, Anaheim has only won three of their last 10 games. Uh, L.A., meanwhile, is, you know, fighting to stay in that top three range and avoid falling behind. Uh, Vegas is three points back of them. I think L.A. comes into this game highly motivated, uh, seeing Vegas lose on Monday night. So I like L.A. at minus 160 against the Ducks. Uh, I would also maybe take a flyer on the blue. <laughs> not a flyer, not the Flyers. But I would take a chance, <laughs> better wording there, on the Bruins at uh, plus money in St. Louis against the Blues. Lightning minus 550. It's just crazy to lay that much. Uh, but NHL favorites, we saw. From sun, from Saturday into Sunday, go on a 20-game winning streak. 20 straight wins for NHL favorites. Well, NHL favorites here on Monday in the 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 games that we had. So the streak is over. Because the favorites went 3-2. and two. The Stars-Canucks closed as a pick'em. The upsets were the Devils, plus 270 over the Knights. And the Capitals, who were plus 165 in their win over the Avalanche. Overs went 3-2-1. and one. The Kraken 4-2 uh, win over the Senators was a push of the total of six. So... That's where we are in the NHL. Those are the plays that I like going into tomorrow. Coming up in about six minutes or so from now, we'll be joined by our senior NBA analyst, Jonathan Von Tobel, who will talk uh, about the NBA playoffs with us. And I'm going to ask him the same thing that I led off with our uh, Jessica Benton interview, and and that's talking about the Defensive Player of the Year award. Uh, JVT was the guy that was driving that Triple J bus for us here at Beeson. He's the one that put us all on to him, and he had him at much longer odds than I had. I got, I got it at 66 to 1. You know, JVT had it at a lot higher than that. 
And the fact that this dude finishes fifth in the voting, it almost makes me not want to bet awards anymore. Because I just don't know what these writers are voting on. And I think it's laziness on a lot of their parts. I think that a lot of them bought into a narrative, perhaps a narrative that was media-driven, but I feel like they bought into a narrative here with the with the with the Boston Celtics being just a you know a defensive machine through the January twenty whatever on, but. Marcus Smart, it wasn't just him with the Celtics. It was Robert Williams as well. And when you have two players that are up there in, in defensive metrics, I just don't know how everyone just automatically votes for one of those guys to be the defensive player. Meanwhile, the guy who led the league in blocks, who led the league in blocks per game, who led the league in blocks and steals combined, doesn't even finish as a finalist? We'll talk to JVT about that, plus the NBA playoffs coming up next. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air. S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. This is The Look Ahead. You're on VCMB Sports Betting Network. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. 
basically everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Conquer the competition for cash with the Northman Clash on the Ice Challenge. Join two free-to-play pools and compete for your share of $10,000 in total cash prizes with your hockey predictions. Head to DraftKings.com slash The Northman now to join the action. The Northman in theaters April 22nd. Terms and conditions and other eligible restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Scott Satterberg back here with you. It's the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Joining us now is our senior NBA analyst, the host of Hardwood Handicappers, and of course, The Edge, Monday through Friday. He is Jonathan Von Tobel. JVT, uh, before we get into the playoffs, you were driving the Triple J bus for Defensive Player of the Year all season long. You are the reason why all of us here at VSIN had tickets on Jaron Jackson Jr. to be. D-P-O-Y. Your thoughts on him not being a finalist on finishing fifth and Marcus Smart winning the award? Yeah, I'll first say that Marcus Smart is a deserving winner. Marcus Smart was very good. Uh, He was uh, arguably the best defender on the Boston Celtics. I am somewhat surprised that he and uh, Robert Williams did not cannibalize one another with the votes. It does seem that uh, the voters, when Robert Williams went down, just went, oh, we'll just give it to Marcus Smart. So, I felt that that was kind of odd in terms of the way the votes broke down. I mean, Robert Williams got one first place about one second, and that was it. Uh, that's uh, If he doesn't get hurt, it's more than that, which is weird because he didn't miss that much time. Uh, and then you tie that into the fact that a guy like Bam Adebayo misses 25 games, and uh, he's still going to finish fourth here. So, yeah, I'm, I'm like, when I look at this overall, I'm just uh, – I'm kind of disheartened. Like when you look at Jaron Jackson, I can get an argument where you're talking about, Hey, you know, the fouls are a little high for a player of that caliber, but defensive rating of one Oh seven, when he's on the floor, when he's on the floor, opponents shoot 54 or 55% within four feet of the basket, leading the league in blocks and steals. Um, you know, we have these dumb parameters, these subjective parameters around these awards. Most improved player can't be a second year guy, which is dumb. I think, uh, and you got to have a background. It looks like for defensive player of the year, Jaron Jackson didn't do it. So maybe next year. Maybe next year, but we're not going to get the great odds like we did this season. Although maybe we will, because at one point, maybe. Marcus yeah. Smart was 250 to 1 
to win this award. And, uh, you know, everyone coming out of the woodworks now claiming that they won their 250 to 1 tickets on Marcus Smart DPOY. So congratulations to them. Uh, let's talk about this Grizzlies team, though. Dropping game one to the Timberwolves. How do they respond here in game two, laying seven points at home? I'm surprised that the market just is this stubborn with Memphis. You know, when, when these two teams met in the four regular season games, the biggest spread in those games was Memphis at home laying four and a half. Uh, they split a four game series that these two teams did in the regular season, and they were full strength in all four of them. So it was a pretty good read into how these teams would match up with one another. You get the outright win in game one, and the market's like, nah, now seven, seven and a half even uh, over the weekend here. So. Uh, I, I came into this guy with a strategy that I think the market is really overvaluing the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, they're a good team. They're a fine team. But this is a much closer matchup than the market is really indicating with a price like this. Um, so my strategy coming in was just bet on the Minnesota Timberwolves each game. Did a game one, worked out. I'm going to do it here again in game two. Uh, there's different strategic things that the Grizzlies can do on defense. You know, they were getting actually pretty pressure heavy on some of those ball screens, something they don't usually do. They do drop coverage a little bit more. You know, taking a feather out of the cap of the Budenholz retreat because, you know, that's where uh, Jenkins is coming from. Um, and, and I think overall, I think you're just going to see an adjustment of the way that they play defensively. But that opens up the floor for different guys, namely D'Angelo Russell. Anthony Edwards could have another big game against some drop coverage looks. So I'm just interested to see how Memphis changes things up on their defensive end. But I still think those mismatches are there. No true answers for Carl Anthony Towns. That opens up the floor for everybody else. Uh, I, I'm just going to continue to bet Minnesota here on a game-to-game -game basis. I think uh, Memphis still wins the series, but I think the market has overvalued them to this point. Would you take a flyer on the Grizzlies now at minus 125 to win the series, considering you know, what it opened at? Yeah, I was thinking. I was thinking about that. My my problem is is like, well, I think the Grizzlies win this. It, it's not like of any conviction of a sort, right? Like I I think Minnesota matches up really well. It's it's why I'm going to bet on them at a game-to-game -game basis. So, like, I'm not at a point where I personally want to bet on them. To your point where you're talking about where the market was and where it's at now and the clear value, or excuse me, the, the, the way that they value, I should put it that way, the Memphis Grizzlies, there is value in a number like that. I just personally think that this matchup is so tight. I felt like it was going to go to seven just because they were so tightly went, like, to, tightly matched up with one another. But I don't feel any personal conviction or need to jump in on a price like that. Any feel on game two between the Heat and the Hawks or Suns-Pelicans? Uh, I so uh, first off, I'm actually more interested in Suns Pelicans just because. So we talk about the market, right, and the market's uh, infatuation with certain teams, so the respect for certain teams. So I was all in on the Pelicans. I cashed a 440 ticket on them to make the playoffs. I uh, really liked the team and the starting lineup they had thrown out there. It got them very far. But what's interesting is if you look at that Clippers game on Friday night, and if you look on Sunday and what happened, uh, their starting lineup got played off the floor because they're just too big. Jackson Hayes is not an effective player when you're facing some of those small ball lineups. Got played off the floor in game one, or excuse me, that elimination game against Clippers. Uh, got played off the floor against the Phoenix Suns. This seems to be a series in which the New Orleans Pelicans are going to have to go a little bit smaller, despite the fact that their big lineup actually got them to this point. Um, and when you looked at that game on Sunday, when they cut into that deficit, it was when they went kind of small and allowed Larry Nance Jr. to be the smallest guy on the court, and it really worked for them. So I think you're going to see a shift away uh, from this big lineup potentially by Willie Green and the New Orleans Pelicans, uh, which makes this a little bit more interesting. But I'm just surprised the market is so high here on, on New Orleans. You know, I kind of think we we squeezed all the blood out of that turnip when we got him into the playoffs. <laughs> now it's just a bad matchup with the Phoenix Suns. So, you know, in game one on Sunday, Scott, I, I laid one or excuse me, I laid three in the first quarter. 
um, thinking, you know, hey, the eight seed coming off bad spot, also the matchup against that big lineup. And if they roll out with that big lineup again tomorrow, uh, the Suns first quarter is going to be another bet for me because I think they just match up really well with that big front court. Again, Jackson Hayes, Jonas Valanciunas, Herb Jones, Brandon Ingram, and CJ McCollum. If that's the starting lineup tomorrow, first quarter bet on the Suns is going to be mine. Uh, how about game two now between the Nets and the Celtics, which is uh, all the way on Wednesday. I mean, look, the NBA schedule is yeah. just dumb at this point. Uh, but I get it. They want to space these things out for TV. But this one, it, it came down to a buzzer beater where Jason Tatum, first of all, he was fouled. Uh, didn't matter for the spread, so uh, no argument there. But an incredible spin move on uh, Kyrie Irving, who loses track of him. A great pass from Marcus Smart. But it took a buzzer beater for them to beat the Brooklyn Nets. Now the favorite, they're, they're favored once again. This is this time it's three and a half. So the market moved it maybe a half a point because they mm-hmm. were four point favorites in game one. Do you agree with the line? Where are you leaning here for game two? Yeah, because you're kind of at like home court advantage at that point now, right? Because so for for those who don't know, in the regular season, home court advantage uh, calculated out to if you wanted to be specific for some uh, at about one point five eight points. Uh, which is not very much. Uh, and you want to increase that in the playoffs. Home court does mean more in the postseason. So if you even want to do it by like a full point and a half, it gets you like that three and a half, you know, three, three, just over three mark that we're talking about. So we're kind of just factoring in home court, it seems, on a number like this, uh, which would make some sense. There's not much separating these two teams. Uh, but I told this to Gil earlier this morning. In this series, look, I, I'm data-driven. You know me. Right? I've been on with you regularly throughout the season. I love my numbers. I love looking at those things. At the end of the day, man, sometimes it just helps to have really good players on your team. <laughs> and, like, and Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant are just that. You know, you, you look at that game on on Sunday, and the third quarter goes the Celtics' way. Uh, but you're, you're sitting there, you're going, man, they're forcing turnovers. They're playing so well. And it's only a six-point game. Fourth quarter comes around, even though they're up by 13, Kyrie Irving's in some threes, some incredible offense, and just like that, in the final minutes, uh, the Brooklyn Nets have the lead. This is just one of those series where superstars, is if they come out to play, uh, then their team's going to have the edge. And so far, I mean, just this one game, but both superstars, or all three superstars, uh, pretty much showed up. Kevin Durant woke up a little bit more in the second half. And then that's kind of where I go to with this. KD's not going to have the same shooting performance. He's not going to have the same feel. issues in, yep. terms, yeah, in terms of turnovers. I, don't, I just don't want to lay prices, even if it's three and a half. I just don't want to lay numbers and prices in a series like this. It's just going to be so tight. Yeah, that that's my feel. Is uh, I, and I said it after the game that I thought the Celtics got. They were, I thought the Celtics were very fortunate to come away with a win because had they lost that game with Durant shooting as poorly as he did, you only you know he's only going to get better. I just don't think that they could have afforded to lose that game. They had to take advantage and win when Durant plays that poorly. Uh, I like Brooklyn here in yeah. game two just because. Of that factor, I don't expect Durant, who's the best player on the floor between both of these teams, to shoot as poorly as he did, especially in the first half. Yeah, I would say that the the Celtics do have some inherent advantages that they could do better at taking advantage of. Uh, right, the um, the the size advantage they have, I think, thirteen offensive rebounds in that game against Brooklyn, somewhere around there. I uh, didn't really didn't really capitalize on second chance opportunities. There were some really easy bunnies within four feet of the basket. They were screwing up on. At one point, they were shooting about 62% at the rim. That's not really going to cut it, especially when you're getting so many attempts. Uh, so maybe those are still there. But I just would agree with the sentiment that, look, I, I'd just rather be taking points in a matchup like this that seems to be very, very tight. Yes or no, Bulls, Bucks ends in a sweep. 
I'm hoping yes. I got Bucks plus two seventy five <laughs> to sweep them. Okay. Um, and okay. Sunday, man, that was it was touch and touch and go. But hey, look, you know what's weird is it played out a lot like that first game they played with one another uh, in the regular season, uh, and then here we are. The, you know, uh, they ultimately pull it out and win that game. So uh, I, I do think still that the Bucks are going to sweep them. Well, Giannis has not lost to the Bulls since December of 2017. So I think you're yeah. okay there. I uh, appreciate the time, JVT. We'll be sure to catch hardwood handicappers, and we'll watch it tomorrow on the edge. All right, everybody out there, stay strong. It's all right. We'll hit another. We'll hit one. We we'll will. Hit. We will absolutely hit it. He is Jonathan Von Tobel, our senior NBA analyst, host of The Edge, Monday through Friday here on the network. And Hardwood Handicappers, available right now. vcin.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is The Look Ahead here on vcin. This is The Look Ahead on vcin, the sports betting network. The NFL Draft right here in Las Vegas. We're going to have extensive coverage, including a mock draft from Matt Humans. Michael Lombardi, former NFL GM, is going to give his draft analysis. Our very own hosts, Mike Pritchard, former first-round pick, and former quarterback Sean King are going to give you insight that you can bet on. Plus, legendary sports broadcaster and the voice of the Las Vegas Raiders, Brent Musburger, will give his draft best bets in our NFL Draft betting guide. Sign up today, get full access to VSIN through the NFL Draft for only $19 at vsin.com slash spring. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. This is the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Uh, let's get our turn our attention to Major League Baseball. Take a look at what went down here on Monday and project ahead to Tuesday where we got some double headers on the schedule. The Nationals and the Diamondbacks will have a double dip in D.C. The Mets and the Giants with a double dip there in Queens. That's going to be a fun one between the Mets and the Giants. Uh, two of the top teams in baseball right now as uh, Tyler McGill. You might as well call him Sylor McGill because he hasn't given up a run yet this season. Uh, we'll take on Alex Cobb in game one and then Max Scherzer, Logan Webb in game two. Talk more Major League Baseball. We welcome in Greg Peterson, our very own, joining us here on The Look Ahead. And uh, we can't call him hoops during the baseball season, so maybe we'll call him bases or something. But either way, we'd love to have him to talk baseball. And uh, Greg, your brew crew looking pretty good with a 6-1 victory over the Pirates. Christian Yelich going deep. And how about if you wind up taking the under? This is a game that was six to one in the bottom of the fourth inning, and somehow, some way, it winds up getting there. So that was a nice present for anyone that wanted to take the full game under on that one. And what I think is really encouraging is Christian Yelich wound up hitting that grand slam in this game, and that's going to be really good, big for the birds. I don't think we're going to see vintage 2018 Christian Yelich ever again, but if you can wind up having Christian Yelich you know what, be a guy that can give you 25 home runs. Be someone that hits right around at 280. That's going to be a positive for a Brewers team that they've got some of the best pitching that you're going to find in all of baseball. They just need to be able to get a little bit of offense. If Christian Yelich can just show some promise, put a good week together, that is going to be massive for this team. Would you bet them to continue this momentum into Tuesday's start with Corbin Burns on the hill against JT Brubaker? Let me tell you right now, I'm not betting on the Pittsburgh Pirates. JT Brubaker on the road last season, a 6.30 ERA, giving up more than two home runs per nine innings. There's just no taking the Pittsburgh Pirates in this spot. I honestly think, even though I don't like to take a lot of run lines with home teams, 
and it's right around like minus 125-ish. That I would look at the Brewers' run line, if anything, in this spot because Corbin Burns, 220 home ERA last season, wanted giving up less than a half a home run for nine innings, actually more like three-tenths of a home run for nine innings at home. He is rock solid. You've got a Brewers bullpen that they're pretty rested. You didn't have to go to Devin Williams. They didn't have to go to Josh Hader. So everything sets up for the Brewers to be able to smack around a Pittsburgh Pirates team that they've got a couple okay bets, but Burns should be able to hold it down to J.T. Burbaker. Absolutely no faith in him. Greg, the Phillies have lost six of their last seven. The offense not coming through like the uh, back of their baseball cards would tell you that they would. Uh, what is your assessment of this team that you've noticed over the past week or so? I think the biggest thing with the Philadelphia Phillies is that they just have been missing Gene Segura, who's been out of the fold. And he wound up having multiple home runs before he wound up going down with an injury. I do think that he's actually a pretty critical part of this team because we talk all about the offseason acquisitions that the team wanted making, picking up Nick Cassianos, being able to get in there, someone who I really like in Kyle Schwarber. But that said, they just haven't been able to come to the forefront. And with having Gene Segura on the fold, it has affected the team a little bit. Now the loss on Monday, I think a lot of that just has to go with going to Coors Field when you do wind up having to travel to elevation, typically in game number one. There is a little bit of a letdown for a lot of these teams that they do wind up having to go there. So I do think that that chalks it up a little bit, but certainly a little bit of concern with Phillies, but every team is going to be going through a little bit of a rough patch when it comes to the season. The Baltimore Orioles, Greg, are the best under team in Major League Baseball. They've played 10 games this season, and uh, nine of them have gone under with one game being a push. So they have yet to play an over this year. Would you back the under in their game coming up here on Tuesday, uh, game two of their series against the A's? Cole Irvin going for Oakland. Uh, no pitcher has been announced yet for the Orioles. And DraftKings has an official or an initial line on this game of nine with us having good old mystery pitcher X for Baltimore. And let me tell you, one thing that I don't want to be taking is and under with mystery pitcher X for the Baltimore Orioles, because that just sounds like a really bad time right there. And <laughs> it's not necessarily because, been because the Baltimore Orioles have had great pitching, and now John Means is on the 60-day injured list, but well, who are you going to be able to get? Because I thought it was going to be Keegan Aiken that would be getting the start. He winds up pitching tonight. Now you could be looking at maybe recalling someone like an Alexander Wells and you got to feel like it's a Orioles team that they're going to get online a little bit more of the offense. If there is a redeeming quality with Baltimore, it's the fact that you've got Cedric Mullins, you've got Ryan Moncastle, guys that wound up having 25-plus home runs last season. Trey Boomba Mancini's able to give you a little bit of production. This bullpen is not good. This starting rotation is not good. I think that we are going to see some progression with regards to the overs on the Baltimore Orioles. They are not going to be staying at zero for much longer, and that day might wind up being on Tuesday. Mets and Giants play a double hitter on Tuesday. Game one will feature Alex Cobb against Tyler McGill. You might as well call him Cy Lore McGill because he has yet to give up a run through two starts this season. And then in game two, it's Logan Webb and Adam uh, Max Scherzer. Excuse me. So you got an incredible pitching matchup in both of these games. What's your feel for these two games here on Tuesday? I think that when it comes down to it, both of these totals are set a little bit too low because you wound up seeing an initial total on the game that was supposed to be played today at a six and a half. That wound up getting bet up to a seven, but still, you've got to be taking a look at 
a total like that over because it's just a little bit too low for Tyler McGill along with Alex Cobb. Cobb's someone who wanted coming over in the offseason from the LA Angels and wound up having a 544 road ERA while I was with the Angels last season. Tyler McGill certainly has been solid for the Mets the first two starts of the season, but you wound up seeing it from him last year as well. He wound up having a couple solid starts and then he got figured out and gave up right around 1.8 home runs for nine innings. I was looking at Cobb when it was right around a plus 110, plus 112-ish, so that was my initial lean there. And then I'm seeing totals of six in this Logan Webb versus Max Scherzer game. And yeah, both of these starters are really solid. Both of these guys, you know that they're going to go out there. They're going to be able to give you some good innings, but these are two solid offenses as well. A total of six is just way too low in this spot, even with it being April, even with it being out there in a little bit more of a pitcher friendly ballpark in New York. I'm looking over there, but with Max Scherzer, Finding him in a lot of spots right around about a minus 125-ish. I'd be willing to back him up to about a minus 135. So I'd be looking Mets in game two. I'd be looking Giants in game one with Alex Cobb going in game one for the Giants. And I'd be looking over in both spots. It's amazing. You know, you look at these totals and you think, wait a minute, uh, are we back to the seven-inning doubleheaders? No, we're playing a full nine, Greg. The seven-inning doubleheaders are gone. So uh, those totals are definitely too low. I think, uh, you know, I like what you said there because I do think it might be the Giants in game one and the Mets in game two. I actually think I might hold off here and bet whoever loses game one, bet them in game two because as we've seen in the past, uh, much more likely to get a split in a doubleheader than a sweep. Yep, I do not blame you there, and I do think that it's going to be intriguing to take a look at that because I do think that the Giants have a chance to be able to pull it out in game one, and then if you wind up having that team win in game one and game two, Typically, there is a little bit more of a letdown. It depends on who winds up using a little bit more of their bullpen as well. Because if you do wind up seeing a little bit of a blowout in game one, typically teams, they'll try to hold on to some of their guys, try to be able to have them in reserve for game number two. So I don't think that that's a bad way to look. Uh, One final game I want to ask you about. Yankees-Tigers in Detroit. Garrett Cole against Tyler Alexander. The total's at eight. Greg, why do I love the over in this spot? Because Garrett Cole, ever since his sticky stuff wound up going away, has not been the same pitcher whatsoever. It has been very rough for him, and I don't see why he's north of a minus $2 favorite in this spot. Should he be a favorite against Tyler Alexander? Yeah, but at the same time, it's a case in which he just hasn't been himself. Tyler Alexander does a solid job, but not necessarily giving up a lot of walks, so he does give up 1.5 home runs per nine innings. you got to feel like the Yankees are going to be able to get online with the bats. Anthony Rizzo has given the team three home runs thus far this season, but really nobody else has been able to step up for this team. I do think that that's going to be turning around a little bit more. I do think that it's going to be starting on Tuesday. Guys like Aaron Judge, John Carlos, they're going to be able to do some solid contact with that regard, but I do take a look at it. I don't have faith in Garrett Cole being being able to find it in this game, so I'm with you. I do like the over in this game, and I think that the Tigers getting north of a plus 170 in this spot, that's very appealing as well. Yeah, I think it is appealing, but I do think that both pitchers will absolutely give up runs. Greg, appreciate the time and the conversation, and we'll be checking out the podcast online as well. I always appreciate it, Scott. Thank you. There he is, Greg Peterson. You catch him, the host of the Greg Peterson Experience and the Baseball Betting Podcast. He's got his Coast to Coast Hoops Podcast. He's the busiest man that we have here on the network. I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is The Look Ahead. Here on Reason.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of CityCasts designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. There are CityCasts in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, LA, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and Washington, D.C. 
Subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get your podcasts. Scott Satterberg back here with you. It is the look ahead here on VCN, the sports betting network. You can hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Taking a look at the Major League Baseball board here for Tuesday. It starts with the two doubleheaders, game ones of the doubleheaders. Uh, it'll be 1 o'clock Eastern time. The start for the Diamondbacks and the Nationals. Madison Bumgarner against Josiah Gray. Don't see a line or a total yet on this game. Uh, and then at 3 o'clock Eastern time, you'll see the game one between the Mets and the Giants. Tyler McGill against Alex Cobb. The uh, Mets will line up in that game. Minus 118 favorites. Giants even money at plus 100 with a total of seven. A little low on that total there in game one, but not even close to the total of game two right now. That is six and a half. Logan Webb and Max Scherzer. That is so low of a total. Now, listen, this is not a seven-inning doubleheader. So what? this total six, I know that unders have been the, the key here, but this is pretty crazy. Six and a half just seems so low. Max Scherzer and Logan Webb. Well, listen, both guys have been good to start the season, but six and a half in a Major League Baseball game is just really, really, really low. Uh, let's take a look at the rest of the board. Uh, White Sox and Guardians. Cleveland minus 140. Dallas Keuchel against Shane Bieber. I would lean towards the Indians here in this one. Dallas Keuchel we saw in his uh, first start. Going up against Seattle, giving up three runs in five innings. Uh, meanwhile, Shane Bieber will be making his third start, I think, of the season. As in his first start, he allowed just one run in four and two-thirds innings against KC. In his second start, allowed three runs on two hits in five innings against the Cincinnati Reds. So you got uh, Cleveland minus 140. Against the White Sox, total of seven and a half. I kind of like the over in that game. Yankees and Tigers, Garrett Cole against Tyler Alexander. The Yankees are a minus 215 favorite with a total of eight. Garrett Cole has struggled to start the season. In his first start against the Red Sox, allowed three runs on four hits in four innings. In his second start against the Blue Jays, three runs on four hits in five and two-thirds. Granted, it was the Red Sox and the Blue Jays. This is the Tigers. But we shouldn't be disrespecting the Tigers because their lineup is pretty good as well. Meanwhile, in his first start, Tyler Alexander gave up three runs on five hits and five and a third against the Red Sox. I honestly think that the over is the play here in this game. Total is at eight. And I honestly can see both of these teams scoring runs. Uh, I think the Yankees' bats might wake up against Alexander. They can put up four or five, and the Tigers should be able to get the four or so. I can see this game you know, being a 6-4 a type game, a 5-4 type game uh, that goes over the total of eight. Cardinals and Marlins, St. Louis minus 120. Adam Wainwright against uh, Jesus Lazardo. Lazardo pretty good so far this season in his first start. One run allowed in five innings against the Angels. Uh, Adam Wainwright will be making his third start. He was lights out in his first start against the Pirates, uh, uh, six shutout innings, but he allowed four runs on eight hits and four and a third against Milwaukee in his second start of the season. 
Game two, Diamondbacks and the Nationals. Tyler Gilbert against Yohan Adon. And uh, I would look for the Diamondbacks in this one. Adon is a fade for me. Uh, I bet against him twice so far this season in both of his starts. The first start was against the Mets. He allowed four runs in four and a third. His second start, I faded him against the Pirates. He allowed six runs on nine hits in four and two-thirds. This is a guy that was in single A last year. Not a guy who spent time in triple A and was ready to come to the majors. No. He was in single A last season. Got moved up to double A, then got moved up to triple A, and made one start last game of the regular season last year. Major League Baseball struck out nine batters and looked good. Made the Major League roster this season. He's not ready for Major League Baseball. And they fast-tracked him. They're, you know, they don't have pitchers, the Nationals. So this is you know, a situation where they're like, hey, we got this guy. He's got a good arm. He's got good movement. Uh, we want him to get experience. But he's going to go through the growing pains. And he has so far. He's had control problems his entire career in the minors. And the control problems have surfaced here in his first two starts in the majors. Uh, I, I might just be auto-fading this guy every single start. Uh, we'll see what happens in game one between these two teams. And take a look at the lineups for game two. But uh, the Diamondbacks would be a look here for me against Yohan Adon. Uh, the Blue Jays will take on the Red Sox. You say Kikuchi against Nathan Yavaldi. Boston is a minus 140 favorite total of nine and a half. I would look towards the Blue Jays as an underdog here in this spot. Red Sox played on Patriots Day and lost to the Twins eight to three. Uh, anytime you're giving me the Blue Jays as an underdog, I might have to just jump on it, especially in a very hitter-friendly ballpark like Fenway against a straight fastball thrower in Nathan Yavaldi. Pirates Brewers, JT Brubaker goes. Uh, Corbin Burns for the Brewers. Burns, who had a rough first start of the season when he was tagged for three runs on four hits in seven innings, but he was fantastic in his second start against the Orioles. Seven shutout innings. JT Brubaker, meanwhile, um, four runs. In each of his first two starts, four runs in three innings against St. Louis, four runs in four and a third against Washington. This is a guy who's much better at home than he is on the road. So the Brewers would be the way to look here. They're minus 255, so maybe taking a look at uh, Milwaukee on the run line or a Milwaukee team total over. Maybe, uh, you know, Yelich with the grand slam. They got some confidence going into this game, and Corbin Burns just uh, seemed to get that first start out of the way, and then, yeah, he was magnificent in his second start. Uh, game two, we talked about it earlier, Mets-Giants, Logan Webb, Max Scherzer, Mets minus 130 in that game, total of six or six and a half. It's just crazy, crazy low. Uh, Rays and the Cubs, Tampa Bay minus 120. Justin Steele goes for Chicago. Matt Whistler for the Rays. Angels and Astros, Houston minus 160. It's Framber Valdez against Patrick Sandoval for the A's. Uh, Sandoval gave up one run in four innings. Uh, it was an unearned run uh, against the Do uh, Dolphins, <laughs> against Miami, the Marlins, in his first start. He did strike out six batters. Uh, Framber Valdez has had a nice start to the season so far. 
Um, he pitched uh, six and two-thirds shutout innings in his first start against the Angels and against Arizona, one run allowed in just three innings of work. I I, I, I lean Houston. I might look at the Angels. Jose Altuve, um, I'd have to get a report on him because he kind of um, left the game early after running to first base. Uh, it's a hamstring injury. Don't know if he's going to be in the lineup. Obviously, it's a big bat taken out of the lineup, so you have to adjust there. Twins at the Royals, Minnesota, minus 115. Chris Archer against Carlos Hernandez. Chris Archer was great in his first start. He surprised me. Against the Dodgers, four innings of shutout baseball allowed just two hits. So uh, Chris Archer looking to follow that up. The Twins played that early game at Fenway in um, uh, Patriots Day and then got to get out early and travel. So they arrived with plenty of time there in Kansas City to rest. Uh, Kyle Gibson goes against Kyle Freeland. It's a matchup of the Kyles in Colorado where the Phillies take on the Rockies. Philly minus 135. They've lost six of their last seven. And, and well, I've lost by betting on them twice already this season. Um, don't know how confident I am in this team. Might have to look at Colorado as that home dog here. Although Kyle Freeland, ish, you want to talk about a guy that maybe you can get right against? Kyle Freeland, five runs allowed in three and two-thirds innings in his first start. Five runs allowed and five and a third in his second start. So uh, this dude loves giving up runs. We will continue to go through the rest of the Major League Baseball board, uh, get to our leans and uh, some picks coming up for Tuesday's slate as well. We got NBA playoffs rolling on. Lots more to get into. I'm Scott Satterberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. This is The Look Ahead right here on v Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. 
In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.